With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, it's a game day, so that means it's the voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein, who joins me as we discuss, yes, another loss. That's four straight, and that means, again, no playoffs. And that means they haven't made the playoffs in consecutive seasons since 1991-92. It's been a brutal road for those of you listening, so I greatly appreciate you continuing to tune in. I can point to reasons why this team faltered down the stretch, and they're legitimate. However, it's been way too long since this team has had sustained success, and I think it's a stretch right now to say it'll change in the next few years. We don't know. Maybe it will. But they have key positions, like quarterback, that they have to finally get right. And we'll talk a lot about that in the coming months. Anyway, don't forget you can follow Bram on Twitter at RealBramW, and you can read my work on ESPN.com. And with that, let's talk about the Washington football team. Was today another day to give them an excuse? Not so fast. Bram and I discuss. Bram, it's another non-playoff season. How do you process this year? I mean, there's still one more game, but the goal here was to make the playoffs. They're not going to do it after this loss. How do you process this? You know, I think um, it's a lot of different seasons in one. This happens a lot. You know, I think people forget how long the season can be, but this one was really, God, this feels like three seasons. It does. Um, You know, the first part of it made no sense to me, really, like why the defense was performing as poorly as it did, which is, I think, largely attributable to why their record was where it was. Um, And there were some missed opportunities in there as well. And then not unlike last year, there was a massive turnaround, which I'd love to hear, you know, when the season's over, why that really happened. But the defense played a lot better with probably some positional changes and refocusing and better coordination. And, you know, offensively, I thought like they did a lot of great stuff, controlling the clock, really managing, you know, I think from the coordination and then, you know, the last month, you know, with the exclusion of today because i want to get to today in yes. a minute. but the last three um that was um a series of unfortunate events <laughs> be the best way i could put it like they just anything that could would should go wrong from uh covid to general football injuries to tragic circumstances um it just all collected at the very wrong time against teams that were peaking you know and it's just the timing was terrible. But today, while I'm willing to hear out, you know, that's not the team we expected to see in week 17, I do think this one got away from them. And this was one of the missed opportunities of the season for sure. I don't want to let them off the hook with just excuses. Right. Today. Right. And, and I would definitely going to get to that in a second. And that, but I was going to, you know, for this four game stretch where it's now four losses in a row, there were, as you said, a lot of absences. So how do you balance that with saying, with knowing like, 
yeah, there were all these absences, but. So in the last three, um, you know, I know everybody wants to have the no excuse business and I'm part of that. I've been on the air forever and, and I don't want to hear it either, but in this particular case, in this particular year, um, they were the COVID crash test dummies, unfortunately, you know, they were the ones that were one of the first and the NFL didn't know what to do and tried to rearrange some things. And it ended up not being to their benefit. It actually ended up making it more disadvantageous on the week after, and they didn't get their quarterbacks back and they haven't had anything of a semblance close to a normal roster for three, four weeks running now, including today. And, but when we got to today, they finally had a full week of practice. They had just played this team. Um, Philadelphia was missing their best running back. I mean, they clearly weren't as marginalized as Washington was, but they've had injuries on their offensive line and lost one of their best defensive players in Brandon Graham. So they like, you know, they're not sorry for anybody for sure. No, they're not going to. And, um, and today I just, I don't know. The hard part for me was this, like, I, I saw this matchup every time I, the, these yes. two weeks when I prepared for this, man, I, I loved Washington's chances in these games. Agreed. If they had their team. And they clearly did not have it up in Philadelphia 12 days ago. And so I just absolved them of that. I felt like they played as good as they could have. And that was a no-win situation. It would have taken a miracle to pull that off. Today, while I can run down the list of people that are not there, um, I still liked this matchup. I still thought that they had a chance to win. And in thinking about the game without having reviewed it yet, but having just kind of lived it, um, I think they gave it away. You know, I think that they... They had a couple of very early, costly uh, mistakes in the red zone that forced them to kick field goals instead of score touchdowns, and that was on them. Um, and then in the second half, when the Eagles had adjusted their defense and really brought more people closer to the line, I really don't think that Washington adjusted offensively very well today Correct. and did some things um, that, while in, in an attempt to be creative, um, I really don't think you know had... Um, what's the best way to put this? I, I, they were putting the ball in the hands of not their best playmakers and designed to do that. And so I kind of lay this on this team. They gave this one away. And so I don't want to let them off the hook. I mean, you know, we could talk about who's not there, but I don't want to let them off the hook. They could have, would have, should have won today, even with the team that they put out. Correct. And And I agree with you. I think the Dallas games, I understand, like they're not equipped to beat Dallas right now. Um, I don't know that they beat them if they're fully healthy, let alone when they're not. But these Eagle, the Eagles game, even two, even two games ago against the Eagles, it was a third and six. They're down three, and you make the stop, and now you're getting the ball back with a chance to tie. But today, but even then, you're shorthanded. The lop, there was a lopsided um, uh, stats because they're shorthanded. Yeah. But today, it yeah. felt like you're definitely right. Like it felt like this was a blown opportunity today to, to, to take one away. Yeah. The first half I thought actually, I mean, especially offensively, that was as good as it's been since really probably the Vegas game. Like yeah. they, no penalties, no oh, turnovers. Heineke was like 14 to 17, something like that. They were running the ball relatively effectively with their, you know, third string running back and they were moving the ball around and they, and you know, they were in rhythm and Heineke made a, you know, a couple of his Heineke plays where he got, you know, got, got lucky on one. Yeah. And, you know, they had some other ones that he looked pretty good again. And I mean, that was as good a half as I think they've had in a while. And, you know, this is a nine point lead at home. Um, I can't blame who wasn't there for what happened in the second half. Like, I think they blew that. And there were a couple of 
couple of choices that were made that, that I really, you know, I think in hindsight, it's really easy to say I would have done this differently, but I really didn't agree with, I didn't agree with going for that fourth down. I really didn't like it was fourth and five. It was at midfield. They're down by a point. There's seven and a half minutes left in the game. And you know, their offense has not proven to be able to move the ball effectively really, you know, in the second half at all. And they're down by a point though. And I know it's a new punter and all, but I think I would have elected to punt there and try to pin them. And even if the Eagles run a little bit of the clock, you hopefully get the ball back. And all you need is a field goal to win, not a touchdown. And by not converting, the Eagles needed to go literally 25 yards to kick a field goal. And that field goal felt like it felt like a death sentence to this offense. And I know they got close at the end of the game, but they were playing with their hair on fire at that point. And there was nothing they were doing that proved out in the second half. They could move the ball with any efficiency at all. And so I just didn't agree with that decision. I would have punted there and tried to get the ball back down one. And then you're asking for, can you just get us into field goal position to try to steal it? Right. And I knew that he would go for it because the MO has been, if he thinks they have any momentum at all on offense, that he's going to try and go for it. But I, with the thinking, is, I think your thinking is very sound because um, that was a big gamble. And then you look at who they're throwing the ball to in that situation. There's not, there were two options out there. The Eagles knew with McLaurin or Humphreys, and he didn't get to either one. You got to Dax Milne. I would have been I would have been okay if they had punted there. And that with that much time left, yeah. three timeouts, I'd have been okay if they had punted. I, I'm not at the. I will say this. I will admit at the time, I wasn't thinking necessarily like, oh, I think this is a bad decision. I felt like it was very risky because um, of the of who they have out there. I just don't think that they're a guarantee to get that. Like they were, I felt like several games ago when I felt like they were in a better rhythm overall. Yeah, I, I just, I, you know, it's easy to say because it didn't, because they didn't convert it. But like, right, I just didn't like. I thought the risk reward there was was very, very low. Like, yeah. I, I really felt like if they punted, okay, you know, it is possible the Eagles would have walked down the field and run the clock out and done the same thing. That's possible. But I think you have to trust your defense here. They'd given up 17 points to this point. Um, I thought they had done a pretty good job, at least in the past game. Yeah. And they weren't getting gutted by the Eagles run game. And I think, you know, just throw it on. If you get a good punt and you pin them, you've got a shot to get the ball back. And you're just not asking a lot of your offense. And the pressure's all on the Eagles defense to ensure they don't even get into field goal range. And I, right. I think by giving them the ball at the 50-yard line, I mean, the, the double whammy worst case scenario occurred. They got a couple of first downs and whittled the clock all the way Correct. down and then kicked a field goal. Like that was, that was really tough. And so I, I didn't really like that decision. And to your point about it went to mill and I really need to watch the play again. Like what kind of pressure was he under the choices he had? To you want, and I'll say that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go on. I didn't there, there was one other, I mean, this really, this accentuates another point that disappointed me today, which is why I think like it's worth talking about that. They let one get away, even with the season having unraveled when it did, because they had a shot to win today and there were choices made in the second half offensively that I thought were curious at best. Like I liked some of the design of the things that they were doing, but the design was intended to end up in the hands of not their best playmakers. Like they did a really elaborate screen for John Bates I know. and he caught One the yard. ball and I'm sitting here going, how is that, that, that not set up for <laughs> Carter or Patterson or Jonathan Williams or Wendell Smallwood or Adam Humphreys or McLaurin? Like 
there were too many other good choices for something like that. And I think that they kind of got in their own way offensively. And then D'Angelo was talking about this a lot in the game. At some point, if you don't take a shot down the field, the defense will not believe you ever will. And right. therefore, all of this stuff and misdirection and moving people around to try to set up, oh, we're going to catch them with John Bates over here. You're not because nobody is playing the deep game because they don't think you're going to throw True. the ball. So, That's a great you know, point. so I think like they were they were kind of their own worst enemy in the second half. And therefore they lose a very close game that I think can be framed like well, look at all these people that they're missing. And I think that's only half the story this time. Like you could frame it like, look at all these people they were missing and they lost by four to a team that's going to be in the playoffs. Or you could frame it, they would have, could have, should have beat them anyway. And they kind of beat themselves. And that's yeah. how I kind of look at this one. I, I, I agree with that. And what it suggests to me, I'll get to this in a minute, is the gap between the teams is, is not very big at all. But I'm no. at fourth, on the fourth and five play, what happened there, when you go back and watch, you'll see it. They send, they have um, Humphreys do a little bit motion on the left. And what Heineke told us afterwards, typically in that situation, they go to the motion side. They throw to the motion side. So they actually went against tendency and threw to the other way to Milne. He's got an option route. He didn't get open. The ball, even if he catches it, he's not going to make the first down. So he was not under rest. That's where he was going with the ball. Now McLaurin runs behind him, um, or he's about five yards downfield in front of him, I guess I should say, but Milne was the guy. And so like they went against tendency and it didn't work. It was a good play by the Eagles D. And then to your tight end one, you know, that, I understand that's a design, but I think your point is great. Like if you're hitting them downfield and you're opening things up, but you're right, they, there was no threat of that. So anytime they ran a screen, it wasn't working. And in that case too, like, Bates is not going to do a lot with the ball unless it's wide open. He's gotten, you know what I mean? Like that's a, right. to me, like if you were throw it to Ricky Seals Jones, I get it more because that's something where he can do something with the ball afterwards. Yeah. I, I just, I thought some of those choices were curious. That's all. And then, you know, I, I didn't like the fourth and five go for it call. I'm sure, you know, if they had converted, then you wouldn't hear me say that right now. So hindsight's really easy to bring that up, but like, I didn't like it at the moment. Right. And, um, you know, and outside of that, like, I think overall, you know, I will say this, like, I really wasn't sure what we were going to get today after what happened in Dallas, after what's happened the last few weeks, after another recent horrible incident off the field with Montez Sweat and his family. Yeah. Um, and Ron Rivera is openly saying we are emotionally and physically drained, you know, going into this thing. I, I didn't really know what to expect from them today. And, you know, it was a pleasant surprise that they were as competitive and as in it as they were, but still in the end, this is a results business. And in this case, unlike the previous few, I am willing to criticize that they didn't get the result, you know, and right. I, I think that's, that's deserved today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And I felt like they would respond well. I did worry about the same thing you said, that would they have enough left most emotionally and physically? Like, how much would those absences, if Montez Sweat's not there, I didn't think the Gibson thing would kill them. I just thought it was going to be one more that put them over the top. Um, I think you could have used their ends today, whether it's Smith Williams or Montez. Um, but I was mostly I wondered about that. But having said that, that was a game they should they they really could have won. Yes. Um, and then even the last, I will say this: the last throw to Bates, and I know that they wanted to pass interference on that one. And I, I think you can say he tripped him up. I don't think he catches that ball if he's not interfered with. I think it's I think it's it's hard for me to say he would have. I don't know that I can't say he wouldn't have, but it'd be hard for me to say he definitely would have. Um, so the throw may have been picked off anyways, um, even if he if he hadn't been interfered with. But the thing is, what they would say is it's a penalty, so call the penalty. So yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I don't disagree with them about that. I mean, yeah. I thought they easily could have called a penalty there. I, yeah, I you they, could have called and, and yeah. on the previous drive, honestly, on the previous drive when the Eagles were moving, I thought they could have called a penalty on Kendall Fuller on Devontae. Oh, Scott too. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't they didn't call a penalty there either. Right. So the referees were swallowing the whistle a little bit here. And um, you know, like look, I like if it came down to that one thing, I would, you know, I, I understand, but I, I don't think it did. And I really actually think it was blown opportunities early though. Yeah. Marched down the field multiple times. They got in the red zone twice and blew up their own drives and stalled and had third and longs in the red zone. And this team is really without Logan Thomas, without JD McKissick, that's when these, these presences who aren't there, that's when they really stand out. You got third and eight, third and 12 in the red zone. I mean, you're not going to convert a lot of those anyway, but you know where the ball's going if you are trying. And all of a sudden, the people that you would rely on there, Gibson, McKissick, Logan Thomas, people like that, they're not there. And all of a sudden, it just it fizzles out quick. And they're kicking field goals. And I mean, you could tell, like, that's not going to be good. Here no, in the, and, 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 and so even where, like that. as great as their first half was, that was the missed opportunity to me that was in the red zone twice. They were incapable and it really fizzled out when the field got short, which says to me those type of targets that scare another defense when they're not there, they're a much more predictable team to deal with in the red zone. Oh, yeah. And if you don't have the threat of that, of the consistent run game, but also someone to take pressure off McLaurin down there, but it's also where Thomas shines. And, you know, and Ricky Seals Jones has helped in there too. So when they lost him, but that I'm not surprised that they would bog down there because that, but again, I'm not going to give excuses. How big is the gap do you think between these teams? Cause this is a playoff team. The Eagles are a playoff team. Yeah. And so if this team wants to get back into the playoffs, it, there's not a big gap there. Now to go beyond that, there's a gap between them and the Cowboys, but the gap between yeah. them and the Eagles is, is not very wide at all. No, of course not. And you know what? I bet they said the same thing about Washington last year. Like oh, Washington no won doubt. In, in week 17 and went to the playoffs no and doubt. got, you know, was a- NFC East champs. They probably were sitting there going, we just put Nate Sudfeld in, you know, if we didn't do that, we might've won the game. And what's the real difference here? We had, and they were the same thing. They had a million injuries. Guys like Goddard weren't playing. Yeah. Like nobody was playing in that game and they almost won anyway. They, won. Like, they probably felt and the Hurst same didn't way. Play well. Look, this is a very year-to-year league, which is why I think like when everyone kind of gets very emotional about things that went wrong, 
Like I, I, you know, I, I think you just need to stay steady and you need to, what really needs to be accounted for here is you need to take a full stock and go, okay, let's talk realistically about what happened this year. Let's talk about the decisions that were made in the off season. Let's think ahead. Cause we knew this wasn't a complete team anyway. And you know, are we happy with what is being built here? And what, what are you going to take into account were things that were out of the control of the people who are in control of the operation. And I would say over this last month, there are a lot of things that I don't blame Ron Rivera for. Like, I think the season went sideways over a lot of things that really had nothing to do with anything that they're building or culture or any of that stuff. But today, even though the odds were stacked against them against a playoff caliber team, they would have, could have, should have won. And I think they should have won. I think that they mishandled certain things that kind of got in their own way. That said, like to your question, yeah, I think they're right on par with Philadelphia. I think they're both incomplete rosters. I think they're like, even as good as Jalen Hurts has been this year, I think they're going to have a serious question in the offseason. Do we think this is sustainable? And if we and if we don't, are we going to get another quarterback here? Or are we going to be a triple option offense for in perpetuity? Like they're going to make a decision like that in the same way that Washington is sitting here going, hey, this Heineke guy's pretty good, but like, I think we need to upgrade here. And like, we need to get somebody better. And I think both sides would look at their rosters and go, we don't have the amount of playmakers that say Dallas does, which is a difference making type of team Correct. in the division. And so both sides you know, there's the still a long way to go for both of them, really. Yeah. And, they, and we'll get into the, you know, the whole breaking down the roster in the future too. But what they also need is Chase Young to come back healthy and then be a playmaker because he was not a playmaker when he was in there this time. And if they don't get him to be, if he doesn't, if he doesn't become one, that sets them back a little bit. It does um, not mean yeah. he wouldn't have been in the second half of the season. Correct. I like to remind people of that. Like he didn't have the opportunity to do that. So you don't know what was coming. And I mean, think about today, like in fairness to them, Montez Sweat didn't play. Chase Young didn't play. John Bostic didn't play. William Jackson didn't play. Landon Collins didn't play. Um, Eric Flowers didn't play. Chase Roulier didn't play. Sam Cosby didn't play. Antonio Gibson didn't play. Curtis Samuel didn't play. Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't play. And I'm probably missing people. The list is long. I mean, it's like, it's really, really long. We're talking about like 10 to 12 starters, you know, and then add in the COVID stuff, you know, that's eliminated certain people here and there. And frankly, like they remind me of the 49ers a year ago where the attrition has just, it's just, it's counted up too much. And it's at some point it was going to break. It broke in Dallas. You know, I appreciated the, the competitiveness they had in the first Philadelphia game and the first Dallas game. They had no business being in either one of them. I think we both know that. And the score might have been close, but they lost. The one in Dallas is really what showed how much attrition was there and how much farther they have to go. And then this week, I appreciated that they showed up and they played hard. Um, but I am disappointed in a loss because I think it was right there for them. And when you are doing this build the culture stuff and next man up and I don't want to hear any excuses, then these are games you win. You know, like then that's that's right. the bottom line. So. I, I, you know, I think most of them said that we don't want any excuses today. And I think you have some, but not as much as you had the first, you know, last few weeks. I think the last week was, was an over the top example of how the situation has affected them. I think the, the bigger games to me than these ones were, and I think we talked about this last week were new Orleans and Denver. To me, yes. those are bigger wasted opportunities or chances or blown chances. Yeah. Then well today today I agree this with this one you, falls but, into the category. Yeah, this one falls. Me. Yeah, I agree. This with one you falls that. into that this, category. Yeah, yeah, albeit yeah. like even if they wanted, it was still unlikely they were going to make the playoffs. So like the timing of it, you know, is off. But like 
I, I could I would argue with you those are the three that got away from yes. them. And yeah, they win those yeah. three, they're nine and seven right now. <laughs> and know? it's like, and it wasn't and it yeah. was there, you know, the New Orleans game was two terrible executed defensive assignments. And then Denver was blocked field goals by a guy that you shouldn't have had on the roster. You shouldn't have been on the roster. Correct. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So, and then, but the other thing, Bram, too, today was an interesting thing to me, and I, it portends to what's going to happen in the offseason, is they had David Mayo as the signal caller on defense, or the we're playing middle linebacker. And that meant Cole Holcomb was more of an outside linebacker. And Jamin Davis didn't play much. And I even asked Rivera afterwards if he's, you know, if it's a disappointment that this guy couldn't get on the field. And, I think it is because he's your first round pick and if you need to get more of a, of a contribution from him, but what it also, and I know this, and we've talked about this, but what it means too is they're going to look hard for a middle linebacker this off season because they yeah. want Cole Holcomb to play on the outside. Yeah. I, like we've known this since the summer. Yeah. Jamin Davis is not going to be calling their defense. That took over by week two of camp when John Bostick was then standing next to Jamin Davis. And it was clear he's not going to be the guy who's your middle linebacker. Not right now. And, you know, maybe there's maybe there, he just needs more time. Um, and therefore, as they only typically play two linebackers, the guy who's calling the defense is David Mayo because he's a pure middle linebacker. Not a great one, but a pure one. And Holcomb's your best linebacker. He's going to be on the field. So I think nothing more of it than that. Like, they're not playing three linebackers. They haven't been playing three linebackers. Even with Landon Collins getting hurt, like, they still haven't replaced them with a linebacker. If you go watch their alignment, they play far more five-down linemen than they do. A lot of five, 51, 52-type coverages. Yes. They use five, yeah. Yes. You, so, so, like, I don't think it's an indictment of him I clearly, this has not been the rookie season we had hoped for. I'm not trying to cover. For well, I think it's a bit but, of but an to your point of like what was happening today. It's not a surprise. He's not going to call the defense. He's no. not the middle linebacker. So that's, but I would, but that. here's, here's where the indictment is in, in this regard that you, they felt they're better with Holcomb on the outside and Mayo calling signals versus Holcomb calling signals with Davis out there too. Yeah. That's where it's like, if he's really yeah. progressing, that's where he's got to be in there. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know. this, and this conversation is for a couple of weeks from now, but I do anticipate that they're either drafting or actually spending some money in free agency on a veteran middle linebacker. I definitely, I, 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 I that's top. Yeah. That is one of the top of the list things that I think will be done in the off season. A thousand percent sure. agree. And what was, and last point on this too, what was interesting listening to talking to Holcomb after the game, where he was talking about how, how there were times where Mayo would get him in the right spot, just with the veteran knowledge. And that's a big deal. And he said, the one thing he goes sometimes with him, he goes, sometimes he was afraid to say, watch for this, look for this, look for this, look for this, because he wasn't hundred percent confident and he didn't want to make a mistake and then have guys not trust him when he says it, that when, as soon as he said that, I thought you got it. And, and I know that they want to bring a, a, a linebacker in here. I, I know that, but that tells me that you need to go get a veteran who can do that and, and settle these guys down on the outside and, um, you know, so I, but I thought it was telling, I thought it was very telling. Yeah. He's another one too. And this is again, a conversation for a couple of weeks from now. And I've said this a few weeks back. I think I said it to you, you know, Holcomb is heading into the last year's deal. He's obviously yeah. not making a lot of money because he was a mid to late round pick. And, um, I think, I think he's a candidate for an extension now. Like, yeah. I, I think he's, I think he's part of your team. I don't think he breaks the bank. You're not going to be spending high end money for him, but I think he belongs here. And I think so they like him on the outside about that. I think they like him on the outside. I can see him playing there. I think 
the guys that I think they'll who are entering those categories that I think they'll try to keep would be him, Leno, um, McKissick. Um, but you know, again, conversation for down the road. So let's finish up on looking ahead because you got one more game left. What can be accomplished in this last game? You know, I think like I would hope that if they put the same effort out there again, you know, the Giants are struggling worse than they are. So I'd like to think that they can end the season on a win. I mean, there's no reason not to think that. So I'd like to see that happen. Um, I would like to see Heineke play one more time um, personally. I, I know that that's probably going to be in discussion this week, whether it's Allen or Heineke. And I think right. when Ron Rivera was saying earlier this week, we may rotate them. I think what he was trying to say was if we're eliminated, yes. we'll rotate them. I and definitely think that's hard. And now that they are, because Scott Turner came out, he's like, we're not pulling Heineke. So that was because the season was still alive. Correct. Now that they're out, I think they're probably going to think about it. And uh, personally, I'd like, I mean, that's just my, you know, preference here. I'd like to see Heineke go one more time. Why? Um, you know, I because I, I think he's their primary backup at, at worst. That's what I think, you know. And well, he's more in their future. Against, yeah, I, I, it's nothing against Kyle Allen. Like, I, I just, I think he is. And, you know, I don't want to lose sight of he has not had a lot of starts in his career. And therefore, what's the point? If, he, if you think he is your at least primary backup moving forward, what is the point of playing the other guy? Because it's not like he's, a young draft pick who you have never seen before and you want to give him a shot just to get some film on him and see how right. he reacts to situations. That's not what this is. Like Kyle Allen's been around the block a few times. So I would stick with Heineke, but we'll see what they do. Cause they, he outwardly said, I want to get one more look at Kyle Allen. So, but that's where I would go with that. And outside of that, you know, I'd like to see them go out with a win. Um, you know, considering everything that happened this year, um, they'd end up with the same amount of wins they had a year ago if they get through to that. And I do think that in With the a end, tougher that does, schedule, that does mean something. I mean, like, you know, like I know this all went sideways on them and I know like this went from David and Goliath and throwing stones and feeling really good to going into a ditch, which felt like overnight. And then all of a sudden it like skidded off the rails. But in, in totality, when you think back on it, if you say to them, Oh, by the way, you won the same amount of games you did a year ago and think about all the things that happened. I, I do think that that is something they can with lean on and say, that's why we want you to stick with us, stick with the program. We're building something here. Hopefully next year, it won't go like this. We won't have this much bad luck occur to us. And let's see where we are at the end of the year next time around. Yeah. And again, off season discussion, but what I hope they don't do is just assume that all these guys are coming back and will be better because you know what I mean? I think they, they still have to, there's still areas they have to address starting with quarterback linebacker. And um, I think you still want to get, you will see what they do with Landon Collins and et cetera, et cetera. So offensive line is going to be a huge thing. Yeah. Offensive, be a huge thing. Yeah. Brandon Sheriff is probably Correct. not going to be back if they're not going to break the bank for him. Right. You know, do they really love Sam Cosby at right tackle? I think so. Is Roulier going to come back healthy? I would hope so. Eric flowers is only under contract for one more year, but he's actually got, it's all, um, none of it's in signing, but like, right. There's no dead cap hip. If they let no. him go and he's going to be making like $10 million. So they're going to make a decision there. They haven't signed Leno yet. Like there's a lot of decisions on the offensive right. line suddenly now too. And I know they'd like, I know they want to sign Leno and, and I think that could get done before free agency, but um, we'll see with that. But I also think it's important for them to win because I don't think you want to finish the season on a five game losing streak, but the other, the other part, the other part is, 
they had that seven to nine record last year and they drafted 19th. They're going to be drafted in a better spot. So for all the draft picks out there, you got your wish. They're going to get in the draft in a better yeah. spot this year. But I think that's good this year just because of where they're at in their, in their process. They need to catch Dallas. That's the team that ultimately they have to catch in this division and they're not close to them. So I think I'd it's be like, listen, I, you know, I go back to the summer and when Rivera was, you know, kind of saying out loud, like, Slow down, guys. Like, we're not a Super Bowl team. You know, I know everyone was really happy about the division championship, but we were seven and nine when we did it. And I felt like it was a little too much real talk for everybody, just a little bit. Cause, you know, listen, everybody wants to have some hope that things are going to get better. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to sit there and kind of paint this picture of, I need you all to have mod, you know, modest expectations here. I, I didn't love the messaging then, but I agreed with him. You know, like I agreed, like I was willing to live on hope and a prayer that if things went well, that they could improve from where they were. And if Dallas, you know, slid the wrong way again, maybe they'd end up in a division championship again. Um, in the same way that I would say here, like this thing slid the wrong way. And just keep in mind, a lot of it is out of their control. They had half of their roster for the most pivotal month, month of the season. They literally had no shot to win three of these division games. And this one today, that was a missed opportunity. And I hope that they see it that way so they can stay yeah. motivated for one more week to go. You have another opportunity next week. That team is playing worse than you are. You should go up there and win. End your season on a high note. Well, and also because this staff is coming back, I think that means that these guys still have to play for them. But I, I also like, I think what the important thing for me is, yes, you can look back and say, we got ravaged by this, ravaged by this. But if you only look at it that way, I think it's going to be harder to improve. So I think you guys say, yes, this happened, but how can we prevent X from happening again, like from it, from it, from it destroying our season. You yeah. know, if, you're, if I'm thinking like them and like part of it to me, it starts with quarterback. If you have a better, better quarterback play, then you're, you automatically put yourself in a spot where you can overcome a lot more, but that's been the case here for, for decades and it hasn't happened. So we'll see. You know, here's the other thing too. And this is the reality of it. Like this was a, this is a tough loss today. And because I thought they could have won and I don't like seeing them lose at home, especially to division rivals, but in a short period of time, I don't know when, but not too much long from now, like they're going to change their name. They're going to put out new uniforms. There's going to be new branding. Like a lot of this stuff is going to be in the past very quickly. So when they reconvene, when they reconvene, it's going to be under a whole new thing going on here. And that's really going to be the news cycle. And then at the same time, I think Rivera, that's why I think winning this last game matters, like end on a high note. And when they all come back, say, guys, we won the same amount of games we won the year before. Okay. When we went to the playoffs, like think about what happened here, stay with the program, put on the new duds, you know, like we're about to change everything here buy in. And hopefully those messages kind of work. So I'd like to see them win this weekend. There you go. And unfortunately, Bram, the stadium will be the same. So for at least a few more years, unfortunately, you don't have to say it with that. I'll say it. But anyway, there we you go. Know what? You know, here's the other thing though. Like, you know what? There'll be hope for that one too, because I, my gut tells me next year, you're going to hear about where the new stadium will be and oh, yeah. see some renderings of what it's going to look like. So, you know, I think uh, when you see the bright, shiny new house, it'll uh, help you hold your nose a little bit when you go to the old one for a couple more seasons. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We've been holding our noses for a long time. So Bram, th thanks a lot for coming on. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's it for this episode. Thanks as always to Bram for joining me and thanks to you for listening. I'll never offer you false hope. I do hope you stick with us as we talk our way through this in the off season. I hope to have some fun shows, some maybe some different shows throughout the offseason in addition to bringing on experts, etc., to discuss this team and what their moves could be, what, you th- what they thought of their moves, and the draft, of course. I'll be back with another episode Tuesday night or Wednesday. I have to go out of town on Monday for two days, so I'll get to this as soon as I can. Talk to you next time.